Hey everyone, this is Robert Ring with the Classic Gaming Podcast. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. Uh, over in Arizona, as always, is Jay, my neighbor Totoro. Hi. And in the uh, snowy, the snowy mountains up in the north, uh, past the north. What's the what's the barrier called in Game of Thrones? I don't watch Game of Thrones. The wall past the wall is <laughs> uh, is Blake Corey. You probably That's know me. him as Slackaholicus. Yay! Yay! How's it going, guys? It's doing pretty good, Harry. And it's good? actually funny because we got snow here in the last week. Oh, really? Well, don't, yeah. Isn't it like? Don't you just live in a snow like? It's like constantly... I don't live in Alaska. I don't live in. <laughs> Well, I wrecked my keyboard today. Oh, good job. Did you rage quit something? I, no, I accidentally spilled orange juice on it. Oh, yeah. that's what happened to me. You spilled orange juice on it? I think it was orange juice. <laughs> was it orange Julius? No, no, it was actually juice. But it actually, like, I thought it was, you know, just going to be all right, just sticky stuff, but it actually did screw it up, and i got to get a new one now. Yeah, when I spilled it on mine, my computer, like, it started alt-tabbing all the time. I was like, <laughs> uh, I should unplug that. That's bad. Mine was to where the shift key was constantly on, and so that caused <laughs> problem. Like I thought it was maybe just kind of like stuck down, you know. But I pulled the key completely off of the keyboard, and it was still. Give it a couple days to dry. Sometimes it comes back to life. I don't know. I'm being serious. I've had that happen before. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted, though. Don't worry. I, I will let you know what happens. Uh, so you guys want to get started with, you, you You want to talk about just random things, or you want to get started with the show? We should talk about news, obviously, because there's so much news going on. There's a little bit of news, there's a little bit of news. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, okay, we got a few news things. Did you guys hear about the, uh, the Twin Galaxies is under new, a new guy in charge of that? Are you all familiar? I, I, I'm sure Blake probably is. That was a foreign language to me, that sentence. Uh, Twin Galaxies, it's, it sounds familiar, I don't remember this though. Uh, Twin Galaxies, it, it was, uh, of course, well, it was made kind of more popular uh, by the King of Kong movie. It's the, uh, kind of like the long-standing authority for, uh, like, high scores in, like, super old-school classic games, like all, like Burger Time, like all the, like, classic arcade games, like the original oh, Mario yeah. game, King, King, uh, Donkey Kong, of course, Mappy Land, and all those. So Twin Galaxies... Is that, I want to say they started off in like 1980 or like right around 1980, and since then they've been like this like kind of they keep track of the highest scores like of all time in all of those <laughs> classic games, and uh, they uh, about a year ago like uh, like they got a new owner. Uh, or I don't know if it was a new owner or just a new head guy or what what exactly it was, but anyway there was a new guy. And they changed uh, their policy to where if you wanted to submit your score, previously you just had to basically uh, send in a video of you uh, getting the high score in a game. And uh, there were certain other stipulations, I, th- I think. But that was basically it. But about a year ago, they changed it to where there was a fee to submit a high score for a game. And then, like, weird stuff happened. Like, the site, like, basically disappeared for a while. And now uh, Twin Galaxies is back under a new... Uh, the, his title is head custodian and caretaker. His name, <laughs> his name's Jace Hall. He's taking out. He's he, he's he's eliminating the fee to submit a high score, and uh, he's putting twin. He's basically Good. putting Twin Galaxies back online. Hmm. So TwinGalaxies.com. Uh, check it out. 
if you're not already familiar with it, they, and this is actually, uh, the Guinness Book, Book of World Records, they use Twin Galaxies to, uh, to like basically get there. Like they let Twin Galaxies kind of like run any event where a high score is going to be reached that might like potentially go into the Guinness Book of World Records. They use these guys. Um, the, the ET excavation. Have you all heard about this one? So, so rumor has it, the, the long-standing rumor in the old uh, E.T. game is that, uh, so when, when the E.T. game was made, first the, the, the developers thought that, well, not so much the developers, I guess the, uh, uh, the publisher thought that it was going to sell so well that they actually manufactured more E.T. games than there were Ataris at the time. And <laughs> what you never heard that? <laughs> no, that's the first I've ever heard that. Yeah, so there. First of all, apparently Steven Spielberg was put was paid like millions and millions of dollars just for them to have the rights to to make the game. And then when they made it, they they actually manufactured more cartridges than there were Ataris in the world. <laughs> wow. And on top of that, the game sucked ass, and <laughs> bought it anyways. So they had like. All these, who knows how many thousands of uh, E.T. Uh, cartridges left over. The long-standing rumor is that they were buried somewhere in New Mexico because there was like nothing else to do with, like they had, there was nothing else to do with all of these games. Uh, so now there's a documentary crew who wants to uh, go and like find the spot where the uh, the all these cartridges are supposedly buried and kind of excavate as excavate it to see if if they're actually there or to see awesome. what else they find. Uh, and so a couple weeks ago, that that project got put on hold by the uh, New Mexico uh, Environmental Department because they were afraid <laughs> of like what was going to happen when they started digging all this shit up. They're moving plastic and metal out of the ground. <laughs> Environmentalists are they're special like, people. God. They're basically cleaning up the environment. Seriously, they're doing your job. <laughs> But anyway, in the past like week, in the past, in about the past week, uh, they've they've gotten the go ahead to go on through with it. Nice, there we go. So, so that's still going to happen. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to see what happens there. It's actually being my like Microsoft. It's some somehow it's some sort of thing put like, that Microsoft is uh, is is doing for for some I don't know some entertainment platform they've got, and then um. Uh, the, the production company, I think, is Lightbox. I'll, I'll try to put this in the show notes if I remember. But anyway, that's, that's, that's moving ahead. That should be interesting. And finally, the last piece of news I have is we talked about this, I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago, but we talked about the Wing Commander Orchestral Suite, uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. It actually got funded. Uh, the, the goal was $35,000, and they ended up getting, uh, a lot of, it was kind of close at the very end whether they were going to make it or not, but then they got a huge surge and ended up uh, uh, getting $42,000 for... What was the original goal? It was 35000 was okay. the original goal. Good. Uh, and, and, and so, as we talked about last time, uh, the one of the things that kind of kept me from... I threw in a dollar, which doesn't even get me anything, just because I kind of wanted to see it happen. But one of the things that kept me from donating more was... Uh, the fact that the, the orchestral suite was going to be like nine and a half minutes long, which isn't, you know, <laughs> too terribly long for, 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 you know, a $20 donation. 40 grand. However, uh, with the stretch goals and stuff that they've reached now, the, the guy doing it, who, who did the original, uh, Wing Commander music, he, uh, 
he is uh he's he's promising forty five minutes of music now. Wow. So it's gonna be uh something like nice. thir- thirty minutes of <clears throat> of orchestra of, of the actual uh, orchestra, and then the other fifteen he's gonna he said what he said on his Kickstarter if I understand him right is that he's gonna try to work out a deal where he can basically uh get get everybody he's hiring to do this to uh to, to do an extra 15 minutes uh cheap you know like to kind of give him a give him an extra an extra 15 minutes like for for a lower cost and he said if he can't do that then he's just going to straight up like do it digitally by himself so uh 45 minutes of music that's a lot better than nine i'm actually really looking forward to this now because the wing commander music is really good um even though well we'll talk about wing commander another day Bum, bum, bum. Any of you guys got any news? No. Nothing retro, no. Are, so we got no no pregnancies? Whoa, who told no. you? I, <laughs> who told you Blake was pregnant? <laughs> Damn it, just ruined the surprise. I was going to close the episode out with it. <laughs> Baby Blake. <Asshole. laughs> Alright, um, okay, well, let's move on to games then. Let's talk about what we've been playing the past uh, few weeks. Oh, Who's actually, yeah. huh? one thing. Um, I can't remember the, if this was in the episode we lost or not. I don't think so. Uh, I talked about Harvester, because you were talking about old horror games. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harvester, it's this really weird, over-the-top kind of horror uh, adventure game. Yeah. And it just released on Steam. Oh no uh, shit! April fourth. Yeah, it's only six bucks right now. Holy shit! Okay, I am uh, probably gonna pick that up before this podcast. <laughs> I thought you'd want to know that. I forgot to tell yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for telling me. I, I had not heard about that. So, the, so there's news, by the way. Harvester is out uh, on Steam apparently. I, I wonder if it's on GOG too. Do you know? Do you know if it's on GOG? I have no idea. It would make sense, but I hadn't. Yeah. Hadn't heard anything i'll i'll do some uh some hard-hitting journalism while one of you guys damn is talking uh it doesn't look okay i just did my hard-hitting journalism it doesn't look like it's on gog so proud of you <laughs> you typed in gog.com man yeah. that shit was hard <laughs> that's what i'm doing right now i'm on gog right now that's so funny oh it is on here it is yeah wow cool wow play hard the way it was meant to be played completely uncensored Perform random acts of sabotage, blackmail, murder, evidence tampering, and many more innocent pranks. <laughs> innocent pranks, yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. Um, awesome. I'm glad I know about this. Um, okay. Well, now let's talk about games. Who 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 should go first? Who went Blake. first last time? What? No. I don't want to go first again. Blake, you have to go first. Wait. All right. All right. I feel like Robert hasn't gone first in a couple weeks. I'll go first. I've been yeah. I've been kind of looking forward to talking about this one because I have All a right, lot of Soul and Special Missions too. It <laughs> 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 comes. Uh, by the way, have you heard anything about uh, Ground Zeroes, Blake? Um, I've heard that it's good, but not good enough for the price tag, and it's basically a demo for Metal Gear Solid Five. Cool. All right. Well, I haven't bought it yet. I'll definitely pick it up, but. That's not really relevant to this podcast. Anyways, I guess I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> so, okay, so, so I've been wanting, I've been kind of looking forward to talking about this one because I have a lot to say about it and I have a lot of thoughts about it. And I have, well, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Um, so I've been playing Kingdom Hearts. Oh! Yep. Uh, you beat it? Uh, no, I'm like eight hours in right now. So you're not even close. 
No, not hold really. Hold on, hold on. Do you plan on finishing it? I do. Do you plan on finishing you know, the whole I'll, series? I'll bitch at you about this later. I, I, you're you're going to finish Kingdom Hearts, but not Chrono Trigger. I there, know. I said I, I Okay, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm sorry. But, I blew up. I'm done. It's all right. But no, I think oh, – okay, well, just, just, just hear me out first. Um, so, okay, so so first of all, actually, this is, uh, by the way, one of my uh, classic gaming New Year's resolutions that we made. So I'm going to be down one and just two to go after this. And I think that p- probably puts me in the lead. So fuck you guys. Whoa, dog. And, uh, okay, so, so I'm playing Kingdom Hearts. I've never played it before. Uh, obviously, I've heard a lot of things about it. Obviously, it has a huge fan base. Obviously. Uh, I'm playing, I'm actually playing the, uh, one point, the, the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD remix, which is on PS3. It's the original Kingdom Hearts. I, I think just like the graphics are Update updated. graphically, yeah. Yeah, cool. and it also has some of the, like, uh, mobile game, like, like, I guess it was, uh, Game Boy, was it Game Boy Advance? That is that's a sequel, like one of the, uh, like, DS? Or DS? Yeah, it was something, it was something. DS. Some, like, the in-between sequels. It's got, I haven't checked them out yet, and I haven't really, like, even paid too much attention to what they are. I don't know if it actually has the games. I think, like, it has one of the games, and for one of them it has just the cutscenes on it, maybe. But anyway, I've just been playing the original Kingdom Hearts, and this version has updated graphics. Uh, one quick note. I also bought the uh, collector, or it's the collector's edition or the special edition or something along those lines, uh, because it comes with a 20-page uh, art book. And uh, I would recommend not buying that because the art book is like – it's one of those books that's like built into the to the uh, disc case, you know. And so you can't really put oh, it on your shelf. Sucks. And also the pages are tiny as hell. <laughs> and it's like you flip through it in like two and a half minutes and then you don't really want to do any more. And then you realize that you just pissed on like 20 or $30. So don't don't do that. Premise of Kingdom Hearts, if if you are one of the few like me who haven't played it yet, you're this kid named Sora who sort of lives in, like, Final Fantasy world, basically. Uh, and you kind of have this dream where you're given this, like, key. Oh, no, 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 you, don't, you actually don't get the key then. You're, you're given this dream where these little things are attacking you, and you have to fight them off, and then... You, like, wake up and you're like, oh, I don't know if that was real or not. And then, like, long story short, all this in- inexplicable stuff happens and some uh, some J-pop happens in the background. And, yeah, it does. And you end up uh, on your little island where you live with, like, a couple Final Fantasy characters. Uh, it gets invaded by uh, these little bad guys called the Heartless. You're sucked away and you wake up all of a sudden in this town called Traverse Town. Now, if that was very confusing, which probably was, that's just how it is, because none of it makes sense as it's happening either. Uh, so you wake up in this town called Traverse Town. At the same time, while that's happened, over in, like, Disney, like, Mickey Mouse world, uh, Mickey Mouse is the king of this uh, place. It's not clear whether it's, like, a country or a planet or what, although it basically seems like it's a planet. Uh, King Mickey has gone missing. Donald and Goofy are worried about what, what's happened, and they are going to look for him. Uh, they get in their spaceship and fly to Traverse Town, which is where you are. You cross paths with Goofy and Donald. 
Uh, you tell them that you're looking for your friends who got sucked away from uh, the, the place you were in the, in the beginning. They tell you that they're also looking for one of their friends, which is Mickey. And you guys basically team up to go find Mickey and uh, Sora's friends. And you play as Sora throughout the game. Your party consists of you uh, and then and, and Goofy and Donald. And, of course, as you, as you go along, you meet other characters that you can trade out to have in your party. Uh, it's basically a... I wouldn't, it's not like a hack and slash, it's, it's an action RPG. So it's not turn-based or anything like that. Um, so that's, that's the setup of the game. Um, so, from, from there you basically go to different worlds, uh, which are based on Disney properties. Uh, Disney properties. <laughs> Disney movies. Disney stories. Full. Disney. St- they're based on Disney stories. Yeah, just wait until Marvel shows up in the next one, though. Okay. Yeah, no, and it'll be, be Disney properties. Kidding. <laughs> so they're based on Disney stories, uh, and then you gotta like do something in that world, and then you like beat that world, and you go to the next one, uh, and then you kind of go around, and the whole time you're looking for your friends, well, and you're helping once again, Goofy and Donald find Mickey. Um. So, so some of the things I like about the game, the art style is really good. It's very Disney-ish. It defi- Different, yeah. definitely captures the sort of Disney feel. Um, at the beginning, when you're sort of going through, it's sort of like a tutorial slash character creation slash sort of story setup. There are these scenes where you're standing like in this big black space and you're standing on top of like a stained glass platform and it's got like, you do it a few times and each one has one of the Disney princesses. And, like, visually, those scenes were just, like, stunning to me. I was going to say, I, I, well, the first time, dude, back when it came out in, like, the early 2000s, it was, like, mind-blowing. That first cutscene, you were just like, Poof. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty amazing as well. So, like, those, like, I, f- I feel the same way. Those blew me away. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets, so, so the first kind of strange thing for me was the mixture of Final Fantasy characters and Disney characters. Uh, to me, those are sort of on two entirely different levels. Not only just of, like, continuity, but even of quality. That, like, it was, like, I almost still, it's like mixing cheese and peanut butter to me, like. That sounds delicious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, would you guys agree, the fi- being the Final Fantasy fans that you are, that 90% or at least 80% of Final, of, like main of uh, Final Fantasy characters are like just poorly written characters, or annoying in some way, or are just bad characters. Well, you're saying in in that in in, in general Final Fantasy. Like say it again. Like they don't understand. Final so he's saying that Final Fantasy characters are bad. Yeah, because we're about to get an argument here. Yeah. <laughs> Most Final Fantasy characters are bad. There are good ones that stand out, but the majority of them are are bad characters. Is that? It depends what ones you're talking about, because there's certain ones where there's like. I'm talking some... about all of them. All Percentage-wise, there's more yeah. bad characters than yeah. good ones. That's if you want to talk I'm about all of them, okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I don't even count a lot of them as characters before. Uh. Well, <laughs> I've never played two and three, so that's not fair. But like one, you're not playing as characters. Uh, and then four, the characters in that are good for the most part. Five, characters in that are pretty bad. Uh, six, no. Yeah, I was gonna say really good. Seven. Uh, seven has really good characters. Eight has very bad characters again. <laughs> I was gonna say if you say good characters, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have <laughs> to talk. Like Leon, 
is in the game. Waka is in the game. Yeah. Uh, Sid is cool. He's in the game. Those are, I think, the only ones. There might be another one or two. Final that Fantasy Seven Sid, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so like it's it's yeah. almost like sort of presumptuous to me for them to like mix these in with the Disney characters because it's like kind of putting them on equal. It's kind of like insinuating that they're on equal ground when to me like the Disney characters are much more likable and interesting and fun. Whereas most of the Final Fantasy characters just sort of suck. So, like, that to me was kind of weird. Uh, the mixture is definitely weird. It's it's very hard to get accustomed to. Like, the biggest thing with Kingdom Hearts is, honestly, it's the older you get, the worse that game gets. Yeah. It's harder and harder for me to play every time. Like, honestly. So that's kind of where I am right now. I'm, uh... uh at, the more that I played this game, the more things that I found that I disliked about it. Mm. So... Prob- so, so the most pervasive thing, besides the kind of weird Final Fantasy and Disney mixture, is the main character, who's basically just like an annoying little like emo wuss. And like, I feel like he's just there so like all the emo Final Fantasy kids playing can be like, oh, that's just like me, like everything's so hard. And like, like when he, like when they say. Uh, like when he first meets uh, Goofy and Donald and they're about to go off in the gummy ship to uh, one of the planets to, to, to see what they can find, Donald says, like, something along the lines of, hey, buddy, we're only, we only allow smiles on this ship. And, like, so Sora, like, leans uh, down for a second and, like, goes, eeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
until you run to the next, like, screen, at which point more bad guys continually pop up out of nowhere. That kind of gets a little bit annoying. I don't really know how long I'm supposed to sit there and fight them, like, to grind. They will stop after a couple fights. Past. Well, they do stop, like, so I unlocked, I, or locked, I don't know, whatever, the keyhole in Traverse Town, and then they stop showing up. But, like, until you do that, they keep popping up. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe there is a limit, like, on each stage, and, and like, they'll eventually stop, but, like, it's pretty long, and it just kind of gets annoying. Like, I, sometimes I just want to run through a screen without, like, 45 bad guys jumping up all around me. So that gets a little bit annoying. The camera is also pretty bad. Like, moving the camera around feels like I'm trying to, like, mo- like drive a truck around the characters. So, it's like, the, it's like the camera has momentum that you have to build up as you move it. So just, like, hitting the joystick to the side to move the camera around. Uh, aside from the camera getting stuck in awkward positions, like it like moves slowly and then has to pick up speed moving around the character, and there's absolutely no reason for that. And it's really just stupid and, and annoying. So the camera kind of sucks. Uh, the level design... Well, I'll save the level design in a second, because that's the biggest thing that's pissed me off so far. There's also the Trinities. You guys remember these? Where there's yeah. people like... Yeah. So, uh, like... The trinities are completely random and weird. Like, so there are these little symbols on the ground called trinities, and you basically stand on them, and if you go to a trinity and stand on them, then you push a button, and you and Goofy and Donald jump up in the air and give a high five to each other, at which point either you're basically teleported to, like, some place where there's a treasure, or, like, you open some door that you couldn't open before, or... Just money and health like explodes out of nowhere and goes flying all over the place for you to pick up. So that's really, really strange to me. The biggest thing that bothers me about Kingdom Hearts, however, is the level design, which I have to say is some of the most terrible fucking level design I've ever <laughs> experienced in a video game. Wow. Uh, now not not like the physical design of the levels necessarily, but like the the way that you like go through the level like like the like the flow of the story in the game through the levels is what really is just absolutely terrible. So when I first got to, to Traverse Town, uh, like you're given no direction, so I kind of wander around. And I figure I'm going to wait till something happens. I go and kind of like check out all like well, there's like a few buildings you can check out. I go to them. I go to there are three uh, like sectors. I go to sector two. And, like, nothing really happens there except I see, like, Goofy and Donald, like, kind of come in behind me looking for Mickey. I go to Sector 3, nothing happens. Then I go back to 2, and then there's, like, a cutscene, and then I go back to Sector 1, and then there's, like, a cutscene. And so it's like, you, you just had to go, it's like, 1 to 2 to 3, and then backwards, and then backtrack. Triggers, man, yeah. triggers so, and like, old-school RPGs. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, though, so that happens. So that was a little bit awkward, uh, but, you know, that I could live with. Then, so, so the second world, well, okay, so the, so the next world after that, that I got to was Alice in Wonderland, which wasn't too bad, but it was kind of annoying. And then the one after that was Tarzan. Tarzan sucks. Which was absolutely the worst out of everything I've experienced so far. But then it did still keep going on after that. So, Tarzan, I get there, I wander around, I get to this, I, I, ju- I slide down this tree. I do a mini game sliding down a tree with Tarzan like surfing behind me. Uh, and then I jump off and you're in this little like village type place. I go check some stuff out. Nothing much to do here. 
I go off into another place. There's a bamboo thicket. Okay, nothing there. I go past it. There's like a place called the cliff. There's nothing there either. So I back, I backtrack back to the bamboo thicket, back to the town, over to another way. There's a little hippo place with a lake with hippos in it. I can't do much here. Oh, but look, there's a vine. I can climb the vine. And now I'm on the vine swinging part of the game where to get to the next screen, you have to do this stupid little game where you jump on a vine, push X when it swings to the next one, push X when it swings to the next one, land on a tree, go find two more vines to swing onto one another, land on a tree, swing a couple more vines, then get to the next screen, then swing on more vines, get to another tree, swing on more vines again, get to another tree, then you can go to a little, you can climb to a little tree house or you can go to a little, like, hidden area in the tree. I go through all this, of course, nothing happens. <laughs> I find myself back again, sliding down the tree with Tarzan surfing behind me, which, first of all, was really weird because Tarzan wasn't in my party anymore, but every time you jump on this tree, he's suddenly in your party and surfing behind you. And none of, none of the characters in your party swing on the vines behind you, by the way, but when you get to the next screen, they're just automatically there with you, which is also just a little awkward. So then I'm back to the beginning of the level again. I'm like, okay, great. I guess it's one of those things where I have to, like, go through every part of the game or of the level, and then something happens when I get to another one randomly. Uh, this time I, I find that you can actually go in a tent in the little village at the very beginning, which really is not clear because it's, like, it's almost hidden. Like, the tent is so nondescript that you don't think you can enter it, but you can. So I go in there. Jane's in there. I talk to Jane. She tells you to go back to the treehouse. <laughs> So I go through the vines again, swing, swing through the vines, swing through the vines, next, next, uh, vine scene, swing through the vines, swing through the vines again, I climb to the treehouse, there's a cutscene. Uh, so then after that, I gotta go back down to the town again, go back into the tent, talk to Jane again. She tells me to go back to the bamboo. I go there, something happens, I go back to the tent, talk to Jane, she tells me that I gotta go, uh, back to this place next to the treehouse again. Okay, so I go on, I go back to the vines, I swing the vines, swing the vines, swing the vines, swing the vines, next screen, swing, 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 swing on the fucking vines. <laughs> then there's another cutscene. Then I go to the cliff, and then that's the final Sounds point. like a good game, like the, this, these cutscenes, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh yeah, it sounds so good. Yeah. And then, eventually, you, you get to the, uh, the boss of the level after that, so. Be a bitch. So that was pretty fucking terrible. Then I go back to Traverse Town, and they're saying, and Goofy's saying, okay, we gotta find Leon again, cause he's gonna basically tell us what to do. Like, okay, so let's go find Leon. No, of course Leon's not in the first area of Traverse Town. I go to, uh, Sector 2, explore everything around here, he's not there. I go to Sector 3, explore everything, he's not there either. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's kinda like the same thing, where I gotta go through them all, then back through them again, and suddenly he's gonna show up. So I go back all the way to Sector 1 again, there's no Leon. You know where Leon is? He's in a hidden part of the level. It's it's actually a hidden section of the level, but you have to find this section of the level to talk to Leon. And there's no hint that, like, oh, Leon might be hiding out. Goofy's just like, oh, let's go talk to Leon. <laughs> so, based on the level design of all the levels so far, especially, like, the first uh, uh, visit to Traverse Town, I'm just expecting to have to, like, walk back and forth, basically, until something happens. Of course, that's not what happens this time. You have to find the hidden area where Leon hangs out, which is, like, in a sewer, basically. So you go and find that. Talk to Leon, blah, 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 blah. 
then he then you got to go talk to Sid. So Sid gives you a quest, and a, a, after which point you can uh, it's like you have to do this to move on with the game. So Sid says, uh, "Yeah, I can help you out. Uh, here's this book, though. I need you to deliver it for me. I need you to, to, to deliver it to the wizard or uh, the the magician who's in Sector Three of Traverse Town. Uh, and after you uh, deliver this book to him." Then come talk to me and I'll help you out. Oh, by the way, um, when you go give him the book, after you uh, are done like talking to him, I'm in the building right next door to him, so you can come see me there. So first of all, Sid, why the fuck do I have to take him the book if you're right next door to the fucking magician? <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun playing this game. <laughs> Good gracious. Okay, so. so I, go I, 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 think we, I think we get it. No, no, you don't get it yet. I go back to Sector 3. I'm wandering around, wandering around. There's later. nothing here in Sector 3. There's some bad guys. I kill all the fucking bad guys. Of course, I can't kill all of them because they're infinite, but I just kill them as I go around. I wander around the edge of Sector 3 looking for doors, seeing what I can open that leads somewhere. There's one house, which is called Vacant House, even though there's two people in it, and that's not it. There's one door that says, in angle brackets... This area is closed off. What do you think, usually when you're playing a game, and it tells you, especially in angle brackets, this area is closed off? What cast lightning guys, on it? What do you guys typically... I would cast think? lightning on it. That's my first response. <laughs> <laughs> I cast lightning So first of all, there are other doors in, in <laughs> Sector 1 and maybe Sector 2 that also say the same thing. This area is closed off. So I'm like, okay, I can't go here now. It's like one of those... Uh, like artificial walls, whatever. I, I'll just avoid it for now. I'm not going to go there. Same thing here. There's a flame on the door, which which isn't a hard puzzle. I mean, naturally you think, oh, if there's a flame on the door and it's like locked or something, if it says this door is locked or like, you know, if it says the door is locked then and there's a flame on it, then that's a pretty easy puzzle to figure out. Oh, I'm going to cast flame on the door. Maybe oh, okay. But... This one doesn't say that. It says this area is closed off in angle brackets. So is I there a lightning sign somewhere in the area? No, there's there's a flame on the door. I'm just messing with it. So eventually I figure out that you got to cast flame on the door, even though it's basically telling you, like, you can't go here right now. And I cast flame on the door, and I go in, and then i got to, like, jump across these moving rocks in the water. Oh, my God. How much of a pain in the ass were those? Fucking terrible. <laughs> and uh, in the house is where the magician is. By the way, Sid never said anything about having to, like, find a secret door and that the magician was hidden. He was just like, oh, yeah, take it to the magician. He's in Sector 3. So I do that. I give him the stuff. I go walk. Walk back to Sid. That's about where I am now. I've, you are uh, not very far at all. There, no, it, like, it's really weird. I've, I'm eight hours in, and I don't feel like I'm eight hours in. You're not eight hours in. You're, like, two hours in. Yeah, that's what, that's how I feel. I've done... <laughs> no, obviously. that's more like three or four hours. Yeah, yeah, it feels like four. four. Well, I don't know. I've done Alice in Wonderland, and I've done Tarzan, and now... Okay, if you did Alice in Wonderland, you're a little further along. And I beat the boss that where you have to beat him and lock the key hole or unlock it or whatever in Traverse Town. I've done sorry, that. Sorry, whose key touching? That was where I just... That was where I just left off. Sounds like you should not play this game. Sounds like this, this game, game is making you mad, dude. It's pissing me off so bad. But for some reason, I don't know what, like, I guess it's like kind of like the Disney characters. I'm really liking them and I'm really liking the art, so I'm going to kind of keep going with it. Uh, 
But man, this game is just not it's not a good game, I'm sorry. I feel like you are just not the Squaresoft RPG person. Like I'm sorry, I just really feel like it's like all that kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's 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 an RPG. <laughs> Like getting stuck no, in like Kingdom Hearts does it very very badly. It does, but I mean, there's a lot of games that I play that are like that though. Like honestly, yeah, a lot of them don't. A lot of them get passes for shit that they shouldn't. Kingdom yeah, Hearts. Yeah, exactly. Is yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to justify rubbery. I'm just I'm used to that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'm sorry. I love you. But... So, so all right, my do you want some of my opinions on Kingdom yeah, Hearts? Okay, take a breather, right. Robert. First of all, yeah, you should take a minute. So first of all, fuck Disney. Let's go with that. Hey, fuck I you. I don't like Disney. <laughs> I don't like Disney stuff in general. Really? What and is Disney stuff? I don't Why? care about Kitty. It crap. was really weird. Like honestly, it it they could have done something else and done a lot better. It was mo- it wasn't a Final Fantasy meets or uh, Disney story. It was a Disney story featuring Final yeah. Fantasy characters yeah. I agree written in a way where they are fit for a Disney uh, audience. Let's go with that. Yeah, which means they were limited on what they could do with it, which is very important. Very limited. The main character is annoying as crap. I, I the story and okay, I'll I'll just summarize my thoughts on the story and the characters and everything with I don't like Disney stuff. Therefore, I do not like the story and the characters of the game. And I feel like it didn't add anything to the story either, for the most part. Yeah, it was basically a cash grab for the to have the Final Fantasy characters yeah. there. It could have easily been told without any of them. I agree. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, the gameplay, I agree with you on the really bad level design. It has a lot of problems in some of the areas. Uh, Agrabah is one oh. that someone had a problem with when I was watching them play through it recently, uh, they got to the section where they're in the temple, or whatever it is, where the lion-tiger thing eats you. Tiger, not a lion. Um, And in one of the sections down there, you're supposed to smack a pillar to make it fall down. He tried shooting all... He tried shooting magic at it. He inspected it a bunch. But no, you specifically have to hit it with your keyblade. You can't just throw a spell at it. That doesn't work. Okay. Alright. And then that pillar falls down and all this other stuff happens, and there's like no direction for any of this. There's nothing like, you should try smacking this pillar. It's it's just not very well done there. And there's just a lot of issues, uh, a lot of stuff like that throughout the game. Uh, yeah. And then the other thing, uh, the combat itself I don't like because it's like you take a game like Devil May Cry, but then you add a menu to it, and you don't make the combat as well and a, as and a bad camera did. and a very bad camera, like worse than the original Devil May Cry, I think. And the Devil May the original Devil May Cry's camera was terrible. Um, and yeah, this one it's just. The menu, and it drives me crazy. I hate not being able to, 
like pause at least to activate an item or to look at my spells or something. Yeah, yeah. You have to like move your hand around. You can't be maneuvering in combat. You've got to be way removed from where you're hopefully going to be attacked. Yeah, yeah. So that you can get a spell prepared. I always, always, always hated that system for it. Um, do you know, Jay, if Kingdom Hearts 2 and some of the later ones may have added, like, quick keys so that you could, like, assign a spell to... That you like, could do oh, the first one. You can, you, you can yeah. hold, if you hold L1, yeah. then, like, then you're, then, like, the, like, X square triangle automatically casts spells. Yep. Okay. I but but you still can't do items or anything like that. You you do have the long way to do yeah, items. Yeah, the items like are still a problem. Arrow down. And by the way, Donald gets wrecked like within twenty seconds of every single battle. Like Donald's that. a yeah, bitch. He's useless. That's the yeah, other thing I meant to talk about too. Uh, the fact that they give you alternate characters is nothing but a dirty, stupid trick because you can't use those characters. You need to be leveling up your main party because they're the only ones that are with you the whole time. That's kind of yeah. I, was, I kind of wonder about that. So on Tarzan, that's the only place so far that I've been where you can uh, trade out characters in your party. And but like I don't really like Tarzan, so I'm like I just yeah. like Donald and Goofy. But then like after that, I was like, wait a minute, would that have even been? That wouldn't have even been a smart thing to do, anyways. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's it's. Ugh. You get all these other characters, and Donald sucks so hard, you're like, oh, great, I can't wait to use them. Yeah. And then Donald's level 20 by the end of the game, and you're like, oh, he's completely worthless. I get it. He was bad before, but now he's going to sit on the side of the bat every battle and yep. just have stars above his head. I'm really disappointed point. that I'm not going to get to use like other Disney characters instead of Donald for that reason. Yeah. It's frustrating because it's a, it's a pointless mechanic. Why even have those other party members? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. That's that's pretty much my whole thing with the game. I agree with you, except I also think the Disney characters suck. Well, but that's just me. We can differ on that one because you agree with me on enough other stuff. So I'm <laughs> too mad. <laughs> so Jay, thoughts on Hi. Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Do you like? Oh, it's it's fun for what it is. Like, thing is, like, I won't. Like I said, the the older it gets, honestly, the worse it gets because, like, I played it for the first time when I was shit, like ten, eleven, maybe twelve. So it was like the Disney characters wasn't that big of a deal to me at the time. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was well done. I like Disney characters, but I can't really. And like I said, I'll probably keep playing. Like, I'm not having. I'm like, Uh I don't know why. Like. I will sit down and play the game and, like, not, like, just, just, like, dread playing it. Like, cause, again, I like the art, I really like the art style. I really like to see, like, what, what kind of stuff, like, scene-wise and character-wise they're gonna throw at me. Like, I just got the, uh, the thing where you can summon Simba. Yeah, isn't that that's cool? like, that's a really cool animation. Just, like, little things like that. Like, I'm just really digging the art style, and that's, like, that's I basically remember what I'm the doing. summons being worthless, too. They were well, like, I have no idea. Except for Dumbo. Except for Dumbo. Party. Okay. You can summon Dumbo's Dumbo? Really yeah, Dumbo just... Yeah, hell yeah. Tinkerbell's really good, too. I think it made you, like, every time you die, you come back once or something. Yeah, or you're invincible, or you can't yeah. die for a few minutes or something. Like I don't even know what Simba does. Like, you he just does damage, dude. He does the deeps. And then you yeah. tell him to roar. And then yeah, you and it does deeps. And then you roar again, and then he roars, and that's all. And I don't even... He does damage? Yeah, he does the deeps, man. He does AoE damage. All right. Oh, that's good Super strong. The other thing that I don't like about the game is that the controls 
during some of the fight sequences are really dumb. Uh, like when you're, when your feet aren't on the ground, whether you're swimming or flying or whatever the hell it is, the controls for those sections end up being really, really, really annoying. And like really? you lose co- the basic control. Yeah, and the game. camera goes really wonky too. Yeah, the oh, camera man. gets stupid. You can't roll properly. You can't, you don't have the defeat, uh, the defensive maneuvers that you normally do. Also, when you're when there's like little parts of the game where you can swim like on top of the water, invariably, on the opposite side you're getting to, if there's a way to jump there, then it won't let you climb up from the water. You have to jump there, but you can climb back out of the water yeah. on the other side where you started off from, but you can't climb up from out of the water on the side you're trying to get to, which is another really stupid and annoying thing that. I feel like you should stop playing this game because I feel like <laughs> it's not going to get any better for you. I'm going to let you know how to. You don't time. know how long I've been waiting to let this out. This is <laughs> this is like the main reason when I was disappointed. When, when we what were... do you mean we can't do the podcast today? <laughs> no, I got a bitch, guys. <laughs> I really, I've been waiting a long time for this. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts. Oh, and the menu, you kind of touched on this, Blake, and I won't go on too much longer. But the menu is just the menu system is just bad. Like trying to equip items on oh, characters just like it's like what the hell like am i looking at right now am i in a certain character's stash or am i in the party's shared stuff or am i in like somebody else's here's another pockets? thing i don't know if you've thought about this or noticed it or forgot or what but uh when you're shopping for new stuff mm-hmm. the fact that you can't see how that item is going to change your stats <laughs> yeah considering this was made by squaresoft in what? 2001? 2001. Like that, yeah. They're pretty experienced with RPGs. <laughs> you think Squaresoft? Aren't they like system. unknown for RPGs? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're, they were like pretty a, familiar a, with the idea at this point. And yet, here's a shop system where you don't, you, oh, just buy it. If it costs more than your old one, it's supposed to be good, right? Well, whatever. Oh, and also, like the shards, I don't know if those are just little things. I think I just figured it out. I didn't know if those were just little things that you just get and you sell them for money or if there was some reason to hold on to them because there's no indication. All it says is, like, you can't do anything with this. So there's no indication that you might need it later <laughs> or you can sell it now for money. So I just sold, like, 90% of my shards and, and like, literally 30 seconds Noob. later see something that's like, oh, you can build crystals and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> Yeah, dog, you should have read the player's guide. Oh, read the, player's the last guy. thing. I, this is the last thing I want to touch on. I keep forgetting and then remembering more things about the game. Um, the gummy ship sections are... Dude, okay, uh, I will agree with that. That is trash. Really that was really terrible. Was it was literally just that. AFK. There's actually a trick to it to where you don't have to do anything. You just slide to the top of the screen God. and go AFK. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Never do another gummy shit no, again. Do, yeah, I figured that out too because there was one I was like... I died like two times. I was like, this is really fucking stupid. I just want to get to the next level. So like, I just avoided everything and <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah, I don't know what their, uh, I don't know what their little plan was with that little action. It was fun the first time I played it, but like way back when, but now I'm like, this is really annoying and time consuming and just stupid. Like yeah. the equivalent of the golden saucer on Final Fantasy VII. Whoa, whoa, don't even, whoa, whoa, now whoa, you're comparing whoa, like whoa. Metal Gear Solid to what game did you play a good game. game. <laughs> yeah, Blake. Uh, game you... uh, me? Oh, I me? thought he said Blake. I thought he said Blake. Jay, but I don't really give a fuck who goes. I don't okay, care. Jay, go. I don't care. Oh, whatever. All right. So I played this week. Um, Chocobo Dungeon. 
So I, we talked about this a little like a couple weeks back. Um, Chocobo Dungeons, one of my favorite games, probably like top top ten, top fifteen. Um, originally came out in like mid late nineties uh, for PlayStation One. It's a um, very unique kind of RPG. Um, I actually beat it this time, which I was really happy to do. Um, which they actually had new game stuff. They had like extra content, and there was like really cool stuff afterwards, which I was really surprised since it was a really really old RPG. Um, but essentially, Chocobo Dungeon works like this. <clears throat> um, you basically go into a dungeon, and it's random every single time. The entire make of the dungeon is completely random. And there's certain icons that represent them. Like, there's a potion icon, that, and that potion icon could represent 15 different types of items. It could be something, and it, it's unidentified. Everything's just this oh, question mark, yeah. question mark. Right, so when you consume it, you could be healing yourself, you could be giving yourself haste, you could be poisoning yourself, blinding yourself. Um, there's cards, like these little unidentified cards that do a variety of things. Sometimes they identify items, sometimes they turn all enemies into mo- uh, all monsters into treasure chests. Other times they degrade your equipment. They, there's one called Lost Child where you forget the entire map, and there's one where all of your items get unidentified. Like, there's very, you have to be very careful when you're picking up items in this game, because um, obviously every time you go into a dungeon, everything's unidentified. There's obviously a set type of items that you can get in each one. But so you walk into, it's walk into it, and you have no idea what the map looks like. But the objective is to get to the next staircase, and the next staircase, and the next staircase. And it, it, it's fun, because as you progress more into these dungeons, some of them, the hard, longest one I think was like 25 floors, which took me like probably like two hours or so to, to finally beat. But the mobs get progressively harder. And you do level up over time, like the Chocobo gets stronger, it gets more health and stuff like that. But levels really don't do a lot in this game. Equipment does. Um, and the two basic items you use are a saddle and a claw. And every time you take hit, your saddle takes durability. And there's no way to repair it. The only way you can raise the durability on it is by combining it with another uh, another saddle or another claw, for instance. But the problem is sometimes you'll go in a drought where you don't get any claws or you don't get any saddles. So you'll have to either let your let it break and just pray to God you find something later on, or you have to unequip it until you find another one. So it becomes like this really sketchy gray area where you're not wearing armor and things can like two hit you. Or you hit like a vagina and you're like trying to kill things and or you get to like a boss battle and you have like no items. So it becomes like really strategic and you have to be very careful like what you what you pick up. And obviously you have a limited inventory. So like I don't know, it, it's it's very fun. It's a dungeon crawler. Um I honestly cannot compare it to any other game though, like playstyle wise. Like can you think of anything that's comparable to it? Um it's Kind of like a lot of roguelikes, stuff like uh, Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup, in that, yes. like like you were saying, you drink a potion, you have no idea what it's going to do for you. It could be a haste potion, it could pretty much kill you. Yeah. It's a lot more like a roguelike, uh, which I'd completely forgotten that aspect of it, really. That's cool. Yeah, Until you started it, talking about it and mentioned all that stuff. It makes it a lot more fun, cause, because it becomes a lot more challenging. And the battle system, I didn't even talk about this yet, is like, so essentially you're running around this dungeon, you could obviously run fast, but the thing is, there's squares everywhere. It's like tiles. It's like Final Fantasy Tactics, Robert, where like, you basically move a square, and every mob on the entire map moves a square. And you continually do that, but you can go fast, like you don't have to wait for them, it's not like a circular pattern, blah blah blah. No, you can like run around the map and stuff, but as soon as you get close to a mob, essentially, you want to get the first strike on them. So like, you basically move forward, they move forward, like essentially, and then you'll basically auto-attack or use spells, 
um, or different things like that. <laughs> is it like is it like grid based like text yes. style? It yeah. is grid based. It is te- it is kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. But like instead of like oh click attack click attack, no, you just press X and your chocobo strikes like or you cast a spell. Okay. Um, but um, it's cool because during the game you get like different sidekicks. Like you get Sid, the anonymous character in every single Final Fantasy. Um, you get like a white mage. You also get I'm trying to think. There's one other. Oh, you get a Moogle at one point as well. But like it, it the re- like what I love about this game is it is very difficult. It is frustrating at times because I will go into a dungeon with like 30 potions and I will just start climbing through these dungeons and I'll end up getting just RNG on items to a point where I have to teleport out. And when you teleport out, you get to keep all your items that you have with you. But you have to start from the very beginning of the dungeon again. Or if you keep climbing through the dungeon and you die, you lose all of your items and you have to start the dungeon over again. And it can set you back unbelievable. I've actually gotten two points in the game where if you die or you have to teleport out, you cannot beat the game at that point because you are too far behind for that dungeon or you don't have the right items to even farm in that dungeon. So like you have to be very, very careful like what you do with it, which makes it really fun, honestly. It sounds pretty... Hey, so wait... It... Uh, what Disney characters are in this? Uh, let's see. There is Goofy, because um, Goofy is your favorite <laughs> dumbass character. <laughs> um, the storyline sucks. It, there's not much to it. It's very simplistic. The graphics were cool, pretty cool for the time, especially the cutscenes. They're they're actually pretty good, especially the last one. Um, there's some funny RPG 90s Square Enix or SquareSoft humor. Like, you know what I'm talking about, RPG humor, where they do, like, stupid puns or something. Yeah, the old 90s <laughs> anime humor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, music was good. Uh, especially the translation stuff at the time was yeah. the, the best. Yeah. Um, this game is, is one of my favorites. I will honestly probably play this again. They actually have made a newer one for Wii, and I have not played it yet. I didn't even know about it until recently. Um, the, the game I did play was Chocobo Dungeon 2, but like we talked about before, there is no Chocobo Dungeon 1. It was just a mistranslation. Um, there is an original game that's like apparently like it or something, but um, try th- what else what, um, is there? What, what uh, platform was this on? This was PlayStation 1. So they made one for PlayStation 1, and then I think the next one is for Wii, the original Wii, but I haven't really? seen it yet. I'm going to have to look what into a... that, see if I can find that. That sounds... Yeah. I, actually... If there's a new version of that, I'd kind of love to play that. I kind of actually would like to check that out, too. So how long does it take to beat? It took me not that long, actually. I think about 12 hours of actual gameplay. Now, mind you, I did have to start over a couple times. They probably made it a lot kid-friendlier and easier in the newer ones, as they always do with the new RPGs. Um, so that'll be good for you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so it's probably a little bit, a little bit easy, easier, honestly, but I haven't played the new one. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's freaking frustrating at times, but I, I really enjoyed playing it. I'm really glad I beat it. It took me, like, I had to redo this one boss fight probably 30 times because I, like, saved right before I went in, and then I kept dying over and over and over, and I kept trying different things. And the problem is, like, you have a sidekick. We, we touched on this a little bit last time. But, like, um, you have a sidekick. The problem is if you fuck up and you, like, get him in a situation where he can't escape and he's just taking damage from a mob and the mob kills him, the mob levels up. And mobs leveling in Chocobo Dungeon is not like, oh, he gained plus one level. No, he, like, doubles his HP, doubles his damage, fully heals, has, like, six times attack speed, and just, like, charges you down. And it's, like, the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah. It's so strong. It is so terrifying. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I I really enjoy playing. I'm really happy I beat it because, like, I've always wanted to because it just, like, drove me crazy, but... I had a lot, a lot of fun playing it. And the last part, I just, like, dashed to the final boss, like, super-duper quick. Cool. Well, uh, 
That sounds kind of like something that I might want to check out. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so, uh, Blake, I guess that leaves you. What you been playing? I played and beat for the first time in my life Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen. What is this? Uh, This is, like, one of the original strategy RPGs, if not the original. It's, uh... God, I can't remember who made it. I think it was Enix, but I'm not sure about that. It's, uh, it's not a strategy RPG like Final Fantasy Tactics either. Let's see, alright, to start off the game, you go, and this big wizard pops up, and he's like, hey, what's up, you're the best person ever, you're gonna save our world from, uh, the evil tyranny of this awful empire. Okay, so it's got really, uh, intriguing opening, is what it sounds like. <laughs> The open, well, that part isn't the cool part about the opening. What's really cool is what happens next. So to create your character, because you don't play a specific character in this game, uh, for one, you can make a male or a female, and then he starts asking you a bunch of questions, and the questions he asks are always random. So he'll ask you, uh, if your men came back from a big fight and you guys won, how would you celebrate with them? And there's like, three different options on what you can say. And he goes through, like, I don't remember exactly how many questions it is. I want to say 15 to 20 questions. What? Or maybe that's just how many total there are. Yeah. And all of this stuff is used to determine your starting character. So you answer all these questions in in a certain way, and however you answer them, it determines all of your stats. So you can have... uh, there's like six different archetypes that your main character can fall into, and his moveset uh, that he can use in battle is determined by this as well. So you'll have a really good character. You'll have a character that's uh, kind of middle ground that can use different magic attacks and stuff. You'll have a character that uh, has like an ice cloud attack, all this crazy stuff. And then this wraps up, and you go out, you beat up the guy that was just talking to you for the first time, and then that's when the real game begins. So to kind of talk about the gameplay a little bit, this is also really cool. This game is way ahead of its time. It's a Super Nintendo title, and it's got this like kind of deep uh, good and evil system for all of your characters, and it has a really, really cool class system, which is it's probably the first game, now that I think about it, that got me into class systems in general. What kind of game is this? Like, what's it comparable to? Um, like, I was about to get to that. I'm trying to think, like, what to compare. I'm trying to, like, grasp my mind around what you're, like, just talking about, and I'm, like, just picturing the most horrible opening ever. (laughs) So, alright, to talk about, like, the gameplay, you get, you have units, and each unit is, like, a small army. Uh, the unit can have up to five different characters in it. Uh, there's a front row and a back row, and from each area, from each row, they do a different attack. So let's so you got your you can have ten units in a battle. Let's say one unit gets into a fight. This really cool voiceover comes up and says, "Fight it out!" And you go into a different uh, scenario. In the scenario, your characters are uh, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot. It's basically a zoomed in kind of a thing. 
and each character gets a certain number of attacks depending on and a, a certain number of a certain type of attack depending on which row that they're in. Each character, each class, they all have a different form of attack. They all have different numbers that they can do. So the main character, let's say you're doing a holy run, a very good character kind of a run, you'll probably have him or her in the back, and they're going to be thrown out an ice cloud. So they'll get one ice cloud per battle. They'll throw out their ice cloud whenever their speed allows them to. The rest of their characters will all do their attacks, and then the battle will end. Whichever team ended up doing more damage wins the battle, and the other team gets knocked back on the world map. <coughs> so you, on the world map, you've got all these towns that have been uh, taken by the Empire, and it's your goal to go around, liberate as many of them as you can, and beat the boss at the end of that particular map. So you're going around, you're saving all these towns. Each town has its own like disposition on whether it likes really good people, really bad people. And you want to try to have the same kind of alignment of characters liberate the same alignment of towns. It makes the towns happier. It makes your characters happier. So on and so forth. So you go through the map. Your units are positioned. I'm trying to kind of think of like sort of like risk. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. Think something huh. like that. Okay. So it, you've got uh, it's a lot more it's a lot more uh, controlled than risk would be though. So you've got your big map and it's got a bunch of little tiny areas all over the place that you want to try and take for your army. It gives you benefits and. Instead of having, like, five units occupy one area and they all get to attack at the same time, like, one unit will have five characters in it, or it'll have three characters and a giant monster, or whatever combination you want to do. And then it goes into a smaller scenario where it's less dice rolls. There is There are still some dice rolls, of course. There's It's an RPG, so there's crits, stuff like that. Uh, but it's... it's Kind of like Risk, I think, is the best way I could uh, okay. compare it to something. The music in the game is... Uh, you'll like this part. So, as, actually, I, the reason I think that you would really like this game, Jay, there's quite a few. For yeah. one, the music was done by Hatoshi Sakamoto, yeah. who did Final Fantasy Tactics. The game was basically written and directed by... Why can't I think of his name? The guy that did Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, yeah, I'm not good with the names on freaking Asians. I can Google it. Who was the director on that? Hold on. Uh, Matsuno. Yasumi Matsuno. He I can't was the guy behind Ogre Battle. Oh, thanks. I thanks. blinked. Yeah. Um, so the same director and the same musician as Final Fantasy Tactics... Uh, Vagrant Story, uh, later on uh, also Tactics Ogre, uh, Ogre Battle 64, and a few more I'm sure I'm forgetting. So it was like the uh, predecessor to Final Fantasy Tactics. He went on to make a lot of other strategy RPGs. Uh, They both at the time – it's a very rough first entry – but it's still an amazing game overall. Sounds pretty cool. It's a lot Sounds of fun. Sounds interesting. It's got uh, 13 different endings as well. Jesus. 
Yeah. Uh, they're all determined by... There's a certain special events that you can do in the game. Some events only become unlocked depending on what your main character's alignment is. Like, to get the worst ending is really, really hard. Because you have to have a very, very uh, well-aligned, high-aligned character early on in the game by, like, mission 14 so that you can get this special sword, and then you have to tank your alignment really hard. And the way that your alignment kind of works is, depending on how you liberate cities, that can change things. And it also can change by, if you have a weaker unit, as far as levels, like if you have a level 7 unit uh, fighting a level 8 or level 9 unit, their alignment is probably going to go up, especially if they defeat the unit. But if you have the level 8 or 9 unit that's going after like a level 7 unit or level 5 unit, your alignment is going to go down. It considers that like an evil, rude, really? kind of bad action. So you don't want to put all of your strength into one unit unless you're trying to make that a really evil unit. Then that's kind of okay. And it just kind of punishes you for that. So that's how you can lower your alignment. And then there are class restrictions based on your character's alignments. So, like, uh, if you have a knight, you have to have a high alignment on that knight if you want him to be able to become a paladin, and then an even higher alignment later on if you want him to become a paladin lord. You have to have a lower alignment if you want to become a ninja or a ninja master. So the alignment system is really, really important to the game, and it's something you have to, like, always be aware of. You don't want to move a really strong unit forward if you're trying to have them... uh, become the better, more high-aligned classes. But if you have a wizard, they pretty much only have low-alignment stuff, so you can have them kick everything's ass forever. I think the alignment system is what sets this apart more than just about anything in the game. It sounds unique. I've never heard of something like this before. It's very, very unique. Um, It crops up, I think it's in Tactics Ogre, but it's been so long since I played that that I can't remember for sure. But uh, the alignment system is probably one of my favorite things about it because you have to, like, constantly be planning around moving a unit to this area. You don't want to have this one getting too strong. All right, he gained a lot of levels, so move him back. This guy is crappy against the boss. He can't do any damage to him, so I have to bring out this unit. And the bosses in the game are really, really tough, by the way. Uh, They will usually take, like, four or five different units attacking them all at the same time just to take them down. Because the bosses are sitting on a the main city or the capital of that particular map, and they're just every tick of time that goes by in the game where they're not attacked, where they're just sitting on that town, they're regioning health that whole time. So you have to hit them and hit them again and hit them again really, really, really quick with different units because... If you keep throwing one unit at them, that unit is going to be too weak. They're going to lose all their HP. They're going to be dead. So you have to back off a little bit and use a bunch of the other units. So just the strategy of setting up a unit, moving all your units in a particular way, advancing their classes, the micromanagement and macromanagement of the game is so much fun. I absolutely love it. The way you're talking about it seems like a strategy RPG. What was that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, go ahead, Robert. <laughs> I just said it sounds cool. <laughs> it's really a really, really cool game. I definitely recommend checking it out. Especially, I know you guys like a lot of the strategy stuff. 
there's a lot of thought that you can put into this game. There's all sorts of special secret areas, special characters to unlock, special classes, rare item drops that you're not going to see every playthrough. I, and okay, so kind of the thing is, I played this game for years when I was a kid. I rented it from Blockbuster over and over and over and over and over and over and over because I would restart every time because my save file would be gone. <laughs> it is a long kind of a game. I would say it's somewhere around like 30 to 40 hours. Damn. So That's it's a long pretty for, long one. Was it NES or Super Nintendo, would you say? Uh, Super Nintendo. That's right. Oh, yeah, the I NES feel like it's mostly probably, did. Especially for getting the other endings, it's got to be like, 40 hours if you're going in and trying to get some of the special endings. I beat it in like 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Cool. All right. Well, uh sounds like sounds like got a solid recommendation on what's it called again? Ogre Battle: March of the Black Queen. Shit. Okay. All right. Yeah, if you like uh, strategy RPGs or strategy games or RPGs, at least check it out. It is a ton of fun. It's one of the better games, especially uh, underappreciated for its time. Cool. All right. Well, uh, unless either of you guys have anything else to say, I think it's time to move on. Uh, Diablo 3 is really fun. All right, we're good. <laughs> hey, save it for your... Off for the end. Jeez. Sorry. This guy. Level three is fun. That's two strikes. <laughs> what happens after three strikes? You'll find out. <laughs> I'm really tempted. Uh, <laughs> Alright, let's move on to our top threes. Um, so our top threes for this week are uh, top three classic games that you were the most addicted to. Uh, before we start, we I... I, I Sent this question out on Twitter, uh, and I, I did. I got one response. Mornblade, Mornblade seven seven one. Hey, what's up, Mornblade? Oh, is he? Uh, is he? A, is he a slacker? Yeah, I see him around there all the time when he can find time to make it in. Cool. Well, Mornblade seven seven one on Twitter. Uh, he t- he said that the uh, that the that the NES games that he was uh, most addicted to were Mega Man two, Blaster Master. And Kid Icarus. Oh, Kid Icarus. That was a fun game. That game was fucking hard. Yeah, you have to be addicted to that game to get through this. (laughs) Kid was so frustrating. That's a pretty good point. Uh, I feel him on Mega Man 2. I never actually played Blaster Master, but I do remember the box art. I played it, and I never beat it. Even, like... played a game that you didn't beat. It was a hard game. I know. I never have. Damn, I never heard of that. (laughs) Uh... So that's more Blade, so uh, we'll do our own, of course. Uh, why don't, Jay, you start? What's your number three? My number three is Gran Turismo. Um, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Gran Turismo is addicting wait, wait, in a... Which one? Gran, Tur- sorry, Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec. I thought that was the only one people actually heard of, so... Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, for PlayStation 2. This game was addicting for probably the worst way ever, because you had to play a certain amount of it to get far into it. And I probably played... 50 or 60 hours of this game like there were certain like we, we talked about this before a little bit is some of the races took like eight hours each and so it was just like not eight hours maybe like six hours but still 
Like, I played this game for, like, two, probably, like, a year straight, so, like, two summers, and I just pretty much absorbed all my time into it, and I really had a lot of fun with it. That was, um, as I said, we, t- we talked about this, I guess it was the last episode, and I, I never really got into uh, the Gran Turismo games, but for me, the game that was sort of, like, my equivalent to that, which, this this isn't on my list, but I know how you're, I know what you're talking about, because, uh, sort of my, in a way, my equivalent to that was, uh, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Oh, I should have said that. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Shit. 3, 2 was better than 3, even though like 3, 3 had, 3 had, like, Django Fett, which was kind of cool. I love the third one. 2. Anyway, uh, Blake, what was your third one? Um, unfortunately my list is pretty much all RPGs. <laughs> I did no RPGs. I did no RPGs. I did all RPGs. Um, (laughs) He balanced it out for you. Kind of chronologically. I'll start off with Earthbound. The reason I was so addicted to this game and how I know I was addicted is because on my old cart version of the game, I had a save file where I had almost all of the rare drops and every character except one was at level 99. And that's a lot of grinding to get those, if you don't know. There's a collection of, um, like six drops in the game that all have a 1 in 128 drop chance. And I farmed every single one of those up. <laughs> Including the one that you have to get by a certain point in the game or you can't get it ever again. And Not including, really. yeah. And then I think there's actually one or two where if you have multiple copies of them, like everybody can use their own. So like I had three copies of some of them. (laughs) And yeah, I put a lot of time into that game. I love Earthbound. Sweet. It's a good game. I could not put that much time into it though. (laughs) My, real quick, just on a very, very quick note. I wanted to, I just reminded myself of something on, on Tony Hawk 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually crashed my Xbox with it because I, um, so there was a, you could unlock, uh, infinite rail balance, you know, so you didn't have oh, to yeah. like, manually balance them and it would just like automatically stay balanced on a rail. And so, you know, like when you did a trick, like the longer you stay on a rail, like, like the score keeps going up. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, if you, if you land it, then you get the points. And if you don't, then, uh, then you lose all the points. But also, Whenever you're doing something like that, like however many tricks you chain together, it multiplies it by that. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do, of course. So I turned on the uh, infinite rail balance, and I did like like a hundred tricks in a row or something like that. And then I jumped on this rail. I think it was on the airport level that just goes in a circle. <laughs> and I had infinite balance on, so I just let him sit there. And then I like. Uh, turned the channel on the TV and like watch TV for a couple hours. <laughs> and then I went back to the game and he's still going around in circles on the rail. And he had like hundreds of millions of points times like a hundred. And so I jumped off and landed it and the Xbox froze. No shit. <laughs> so that's my Couldn't handle the numbers, dude. Xbox was like, I can't count that high. <laughs> yeah. The Xbox could not count that high. <laughs> I got a higher score on Tony Hawk two than the Xbox could count. <laughs> uh, so anyway, okay. My number Would 30. you say that your score was Xbox huge? Ha! <laughs> I didn't want the awkward silence answer that for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do appreciate a, a nice horrible joke every now and then, so thanks. Thank you, Blake. For once it was required. Me. We hadn't had one yet. 
It was yeah, and and it wasn't me, so I, I gotta I gotta thank you for that. Um, okay, so my number three game that I was most addicted to was Command and Conquer Red Alert. Ooh, this was the second one. Red Alert two. Uh, I think it was the first. I, I mean, I, okay. I like the second one too, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, I hope I'm not getting them confused, but I think it was the first Red Alert. Okay. That I was. They're so, both really good. Yeah, they're both really good. Um, this was like the first game. That I ever played, uh, like, over an internet connection on multiplayer, like, playing against somebody. And since it was, like, also a strategy game, like, that was really fun. That was, like, kind of, like, mind-blowing to me. Because it was, like, the strategy aspect of it was really fun. And then when I realized I could play, like, my best friend who also had the game, that was, like, I couldn't imagine anything, like, being more fun than doing that. (laughs) So, like, we, we would play this game all the time. Uh, and, like, I, I suck, I, I, like, even though I love strategy games, I've never really been very good at them, so I got beat, like, every time. But, like, it was still so much fun to me. And I remember I, stomping you. <laughs> yeah, you remember stomping me in StarCraft yeah. 2. This was, like, the equivalent on Red Alert for me. But, um, quick funny story about Red Alert. So, we, so we, we were in, I guess, like, ninth grade or something like that. Uh, and we were in our health class... Uh, which was taught by, like, the basketball coach of the school or something like that. And we were uh, coming up with – we were spending the class coming up with, uh, like, me and my friend, uh, Red Alert Strategies. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, and so <laughs> so I came up with one where you could uh, – so do you, you remember – have either of you guys – well, I know obviously you have Jay. Blake, did you ever play uh, Red Alert or any of the Command & Conquer games? Um, yes, but I don't remember him. Well, do you remember Tanya? No. So, okay, so Tanya was a unit, <clears throat> it was just like a unit you could produce like any other, but she was special and really powerful, and you could only have one of her at a time as opposed to, you know, infantry, and you can make however many you want. You can make Tanya, or maybe you could have more than one, but anyway. I think you could have multiple Tanyas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And she could, uh, she would one-shot, uh, like. Infantry. Yeah, infantry. The only thing she wasn't good against was like tanks and airplanes, like any mm-hmm. kind of vehicle, but she could also blow up a building instead of like yeah, one shot them. Yeah. She'd just like put C4 on it and walk off and the building would explode. So she was I loved her voice in that too, her laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Tanya laugh <laughs> was awesome. And um and now so I came up with a strategy. So there was in Red Alert a way you could teleport uh vehicles, but you could not teleport uh any sort of infantry or human character. However, I came up with a way that you could teleport Tanya into someone's base and have her just wreak havoc and blow up as many, you know, just like blow up buildings until she gets killed, which was you, you, you build a, uh, you queue up a, um, it was the, it was the truck that can turn into like a command center. Oh, okay. And then you already have a, like a, a barracks queued up as well. Like on, on red alert, you queue, like when you go to build a building, the timer, little thing goes all the way around and doesn't just automatically build like on StarCraft and games like that. Like it queues it up and then it's ready and then you pick where you want it to go. So you could queue up a barracks and then queue up this uh, truck that can turn into a, uh, a command center. And then what you do is you you would warp the truck into somebody's base, immediately have it morph into a command center. As soon as it's down, you lay down a barracks right next to it. And then you also have a tiny queued up and then you have her pop out of the barracks immediately. So in like a few seconds, you basically have warped Tanya into the other person's base. And it's really expensive, but you can do it. So I had written out this whole process uh, on a piece of notebook paper. 
<laughs> and I handed it to my friend during class, and the uh, the teacher's like, "What's that?" And he came over and grabbed it. <laughs> oh my god! It's like I figured out how to how to like. It, first of all, I had all these other things like how to like launch nukes at like this and that. Oh like, god! Oh, but you oh, could also well. with Tanya. Okay, and now first of all, this was before like there was a big scare about this kind of shit. Okay. By the way. So <laughs> it wasn't really a big deal. But it was like it basically had like the steps. What I just said, like. Build a truck, warp it into the base, have it morph into a command center, lay down the barracks, have Tanya come out and plant C4. And he basically just looked at us and said, what in the hell is this? <laughs> so uh, that was my little red alert story. Not very, not, not, not a good payoff. Not, you know, it was a good story, but it didn't really have a good a good bang at the end. I, I, that, that was my... Uh, I'll give you a good bang at the end? Question mark. Tanya will. I don't know, man. The buildings. That voice is kind of a turn off in bed. All right, let's go. Let's get out of this. I think Jay, I'm next. What was your number two? Number two for me, I'm surprised Blake didn't say this yet, but Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers was... Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, man. I cannot even... Like, I am scared to think of the amount Can of hours I that I put list? into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played Super Smash Brothers over this, like, multiple summers just indefinitely like i don't even know how many hours and days and weeks i played that game but super smash Brothers for gamecube for 64 both of them just all day every day man so much fun cool i love playing game with people I, I miss those days where like people had to come over to play video games together that um yeah i do too uh super smash brothers never really got its claws into me very very strongly. really well it's gonna do this year because it's gonna be in the pro scene soon yeah not not enough goofy <laughs> Goofy's <laughs> not in. Fuck that game. <laughs> yeah. All right, Blake, number two. Um. Well. All right. Now it's Super Smash Brothers. But before, I was actually just gonna say uh, Star Ocean: The Second Hope. Ooh, that's a good one. I or excuse me, the second story. Why? <laughs> Idiot. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. It's uh, another PlayStation RPG. The reason I put so much time into it and was so addicted to it was because of basically that game's version of the Gold Saucer. It had a ton of additional content. I played through the additional content like four different times. Each playthrough is like one or two hundred hours to do that. All of the extra crafting stuff in that game, all of the extra super bosses... Just all of it. It had so much content for an RPG of that time that I couldn't help but sink my teeth into it over and over again. Cool game. I haven't played it since the since I first did way back when, though. Yeah, me neither. I used to play it a bunch. The reason I had to play through it uh, multiple times, too, I should say, is because, uh, well, I kind of would forget to do one of the required things to fight the final super boss. <laughs> and if you forget to do it early on... It disappears and you can't do it, and this final super boss becomes unavailable. So I would spend like 60 hours grinding my characters up <laughs> and go to unlock the last boss. <laughs> and it's I'm like, wait, where's the person I need to talk to? Where the hell are they? Oh, I did it again. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Uh, it was so harsh. All right, my number two right. was uh, Star Fox 64. <clears throat> we talked about this one. You played before. that game a lot, though, really? Yeah, like, it was really oh. weird. Like, I didn't even like it as much as I liked the one on Super Nintendo. 
But like for some reason, like it just like I got it at a time. I, I had it over the over the summer, <clears throat> and I didn't really have a lot going on that summer. And like for some reason, like you know, it was a fun game. You know, it was not like a great game, but it was a it was a fun game. Uh, for some reason though, I just kind of got in this mode where I was like, all right, I'm playing Star Fox again. I'm gonna see how like I'm gonna like see if I can just dominate this game. And so like I just played Star Fox 64 all summer one year when I was younger. And I've said this before on the podcast. I actually got to where I could beat the entire game, killing every single bat without missing a bad guy and without getting hit once. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> impressive, actually. Yeah. That's pretty addicted. That was pretty addicted. So that's yeah. Star Fox 64. That was my second one. So Jay, one. what do you have for number uh, one? My number one is Soul Calibur. Like, uh, uh, GameCube, yeah. Soul Calibur. Yeah, freaking. I spent more time on this game than I did uh, Super Smash Bros., actually. I played this game constantly with my brother, and we would just freaking rage throw controllers at each other and shit, like, all the time. Like, if I picked Zelda, he would just, like, rage quit, or Link, sorry. He would just rage quit and throw stuff at me. <laughs> it's so funny. Because I would just so out heal his damage. Yeah, it's a good time. I love that game so much. I would love to go back and play it again, actually. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Blake, what was your number one? Uh, it's a cheap answer. Because I'm a bastard. Oh, no. Mario Party? Mario Party was a good answer. No, I hate Mario Party. Get the fuck? What? Cheap-ass bullshit. You're cheap-ass oh, bullshit. your opponent just stole all your stars. Yeah, what? that was the whole point. Dude, you want to hear something funny? My, so we used to play no, all the time. No, I want to tell my game. Fine, then go ahead, Blake. You know what? I'm done with you. <laughs> Get the hell out. My number one game is a series, and it's the Final Fantasy series. Oh my god, what a cop out! That Fuck is, up. I'm with that is the worst one. answer of the day. That was a, that was the worst answer of the day. No Metal Gear Solid one, two, three, four. Five. <laughs> oh. Good call. Wait, we got to yeah. see what Robert's number one is. Well, I wasn't even done telling about mine. Jesus Christ, rush me harder. Ooh. <laughs> so. Uh, between f- specifically Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, and Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah, I have, Everyone I don't know how many hundreds have. or thousands of hours, and on Tactics alone, like, the, I was so addicted to that game because I was literally looking at the code of the game and studying the, uh, the bytes. That's pretty addicting. <laughs> and finding out, like... If I modify this bite, it changes the color of this sword. And if I change this one, I can make my own ability set. Good and I lord. Put a character into my party with this one. Like, if you, you guys probably don't know that much about it, but there's a, there was well, at least at the time. You guys probably don't know. Well, I doubt you do. Why would you? <laughs> there's a very big Game Shark scene for the game, and it's mostly because of all the work that I put into doing it. There's a lot of stuff that we know about the game. Like, you can make your own entire class. You can take a class, rename it, and give it a whole new set of abilities, and it's pretty much because I looked at the code and was like, oh, hey, look what I can do. And I spent I don't know how many dozens and dozens of hours doing that for fun. That is uh, So, yeah, uh, definitely addicted. First of all, how did you not end up being a computer programmer? Well, I went into I studied programming a bunch. I just never pursued it too hard. Oh, really? If I was doing a realistic job, uh, that's probably what I would like to be doing. Instead, you waste your talent on Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Hey, you really, really? You're gonna call whoa, Final Fantasy on, Tactics? Hold on, hold on, hold on! I didn't mean waste. I just meant like <laughs> that's where you used it. 
You better be really careful with your wording here, Chief. It's a good game. It's a great game. Try again. I'm not bashing this time. All right. Damn right. Keep going, freaking goofy boy. That's pretty, uh, that's a good answer. That's pretty, that sounds pretty heavily addicted if you're to the point where you're examining the actual code of the game and. Yeah. All right, right, who's, uh, who's next? Robert? I think I'm the last one. My number one game that I was the most addicted to, classic game, was uh, Warcraft 3. Ooh, that's a good one. And this, Warcraft 3 came out at a time where it was like, it just like hit everything absolutely perfectly that I wanted in a game at that time, in my like, at that point in like my gaming life. Like, I, I was just absolutely blown away. I was like, this is like, this is the perfect game, basically. Like, this is the game that I want. That I've like always wanted and that I want to play right now. Like Warcraft 3 hit every single button for me. And, uh, like everything from like the strategy to the art to like the variety of like the four different classes and all like the specific units. Like I could not stop playing this damn game. And, uh, I actually got it. So I got it this summer. I got it over the summer. I was in college at the time. Uh, I got it the summer between my uh, freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college. And so I played it all summer. Uh, I, I had a, a sort of internship over the summer. I would, like, get – I would leave uh, – I would I would arrive early. I would arrive an hour early to work so I could leave early and have more time to play it at night. And then once the school year – once, like, I got back to school, uh, I was still, like, incredibly hooked on it. And so this particular semester was the semester that I changed majors in college. Uh, and so I started off with like, you know, a pretty heavy course load and I was a mechanical engineering major. And after a few weeks, I was like, like, this is not what I want to do. So I changed majors and I dropped every class except for one. So I was only taking one class this entire semester. And guess what I did with the 100% of the rest of my time? I played Warcraft 3 all night. Yeah, you did. I was thinking that, too. And all night. I would play, I would get home, I would go to class three days a week, get home, and just play Warcraft 3 the rest of the day. And then at night, I would turn on Adult Swim and play Warcraft 3 while while I watched Adult Swim. And, uh, like, I would play, you know, normal, like, ladder games. I would play, like, custom games. I played, like, every single, like, custom game that was created. Although, strangely, I never played Dota, actually, which is really weird. Uh, but I would play, like, all the stupid, like, tower defense games. Like, it's all, like StarCraft, like, dude. That's, like, how Brood War was for me. That's so funny. Like, I... It was absolute. I would stay up till 4 o'clock playing this game and, like, barely make it to a 9 o'clock class a few days a week. Just, like, it was absolutely insane. I, I, I know I logged at least 800 hours... Holy shit! Playing it, so that was definitely by far, without a, without a doubt, my uh, the most addicted that I ever was uh, to a classic game. Can I just say, holy shit, that game is like a decade and a half old. Yeah, yeah I, know. I know, right? I can't believe that. Dude, can you can't believe how much everything's changed in like the last five years. It's unbelievable. Oh man, World of Warcraft keeping the regular Warcraft games out of our hands, dude. So what I was going to say before Blake rudely interrupted me like 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> no, you were rudely interrupting me. I'm kidding. Me. I'm kidding. Shit. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. 
Uh, we were playing. We used to play Mario Party all the time. It was me, my older sister, older brother, and my younger brother. Right. And my older brother would never win. Like he would just—he was really young and kind of stupid and didn't really understand things. But the one time he like was about to win, like my because he was like bragging so much to my older brother. My older brother just unplugs the system and walks away, oh and he just starts bawling. Like he was like seven years old. Probably probably traumatized for life. But it's just a—it's <laughs> like the one time he ever got close. He just resets it or unpowers it and walks away. Oh, also, also on Warcraft 3, I also spent, like, countless hours on uh, the Warcraft 3 forum on GameFAQs, just, like, talking about <laughs> Warcraft 3. Said facts. And also, Fact you. also at my, in my apartment, um, the, the modem, or, like, not the modem, but, you know, well, like, the, uh, yeah, the modem for, for the, uh, the, the modem. It was in my... <laughs> <Okay>. The modem. <laughs> the modem? The modem? modem? modem. No, which the... modem? Do you mean the modem or the modem? It was in my roommate's room, and it was, was it in his modem? It was. <laughs> it was in my roommate's room, and it would like every once in a while, like it was like you had to reset it like every like few hours, pretty much. It just kind of sucked, and so invariably, like every day, I would like have to go in his room at like three or four a.m. and uh, he'd be like, "What time is it?" And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. "I just like mumble something and like reset the modem and like run out real fast." I hope he didn't remember. Uh. That's, we we didn't turn out to be very good friends. Feel <laughs> like it, and he turned out to be my future wife. <laughs> so that was it for me. Um, pretty good top threes. I feel like we had a solid list this time. I think so too. I feel like there was a lot more positivity talking about our games. It wasn't like, yeah, my game fucking sucked, but the one redeeming factor was it fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't suck complete ass. It didn't suck as bad as yours. Whoa, my game was great. I love my game. So hey, real quick, let's—we sh- probably should have done this beforehand, but let's uh, come up with the top three that we're gonna do next time. So if anybody's listening to this, we, they oh can what? In. Ah crap! Top three games that have horses in them. Look, I've got. <laughs> <laughs> That's horses too. Uh, uh, chokeable horses. I'm tenth- <laughs> <laughs> and Metal Gear horses. Oh god. I'm actually really tempted to do that, but I know that... No, our... I was kidding. What? No! I know, but our list would just end up being really just, like, boring and dumb. Uh, so, all right, look, I got a few ideas. We could do favorite... I've, I've run this by you before, and you guys didn't really like it. Favorite sports games? We could do something console, like console... Okay, sports, like we favorite... could do favorite sports games. I'm cool with that. I, I like... The thing was, at the time, I, I wasn't thinking of it. Three sports games. I can think of three decent ones. Well, Gran Turismo isn't really sport, too, though. Uh, what else? What else you got? We could do like favorite multiplayer games. We can do that. We could do like favorite can... first person shooters. Oh, it's gonna be the same top three. No, no, no. no. Let, let's do let's do fav- um, top three multiplayer games. But th- think outside the box. If I hear Super Smash Brothers, Soul Calibur, Mario Party, Robert gets it. Like, let's just do it that way. Like, think of ones that aren't as like mainstream. Like, obviously, those are some of the best, if not the best. Tony Hawk so Pro just, Skater. So you don't have I'm to... cool with doing that. Yeah, just like don't don't say right. the top ones. No cheesy shit. Yeah, no, no cheesy shit. Final right. Fantasy series over here. <laughs> like, I think if that I was did, the crowd. I think that was the most fortunate answer you've Final ever given. Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy six, Final Fantasy seven, and Tactics were literally the three. Just said Final Fantasy seven. I guarantee you spent more time playing Final Fantasy seven than Tactics and six combined. You're wrong. Really? Wow. Yeah. I played way more time on. Tactics. Tactics, talk, I spent a lot of time. with the guy so. who broke open the source code. Yeah. I guess I that's literally went through an info dump of just all of the stuff in the game. 
Jesus. Like, it's it's not even a contest. All right, so that's it. Favorite multiplayer games that we that we played? Classic ones? Done. All right, that's it. Done. So, if you're listening, I'm talking to you because you haven't sent us an email yet, unless you're the one guy who has. Uh, send us an email. Tell us what your uh, top three favorite multiplayer games were. Uh, mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Okay. Um, looks like it's time for our outro. Uh, we didn't have any mail this week. Um, let's do our, uh, what's it called? Off-topic happy endings and bring the to a close. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Diablo 3 is fun. That's all I have to say. I'm good. I've heard I a lot of good... out like a week or two ago, you scrub. I have heard only, only, like literally only good things about... It's, they did a great Diablo job. They did, they did a really good job. It's really fun. It's they just like Diablo 2. It's not a perfect game now, but it is a lot it's, better. It's, it's so much better. I meant to actually point that out. I was surprised none of us said Diablo 2 for... I thought about it, but I didn't play Diablo that much. Diablo 2. I wasn't... I, I played the. I, I played the single story. I wasn't the... My little brother would play for two days and then sleep for two days. Like, yeah. that's... Like, a lot of people <laughs> did. Sure. I'm not even joking. I played it a decent amount, but I was never addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, I played the single player and really enjoyed it, but I never got into the multiplayer until later on. I didn't really... I was going to say StarCraft Brood War, because I played StarCraft Brood War a lot, but I don't know. I kind of liked it, but I didn't really... Love it. Yeah. Wow. Love it or list it, Robert. All right, happy ending, go. All right, off-topic happy ending. This is mine. I'm going to give a shout-out to a game that came out. It's not a new game. It came out about a year ago, but it recently got its talons back into me, which is Rogue Legacy. Oh, uh, shit. I like, so not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, I was like kind of really in the mood for, for like a like real twitchy sort of game, like something that I'm... Where like you know I have to actually like use reflexes and stuff with good, with good controls. I was like, all right, so I'm gonna play Rogue Legacy. I I I've beat I had already beat the game, but I was like, all right, let's launch Rogue Legacy back up. So in the past two weeks, I've probably sunk like at least 20 more hours into Rogue Legacy. Uh, oh. it's just a really awesome game. Like I like I get to like it's where I get to the point where like I'm like okay, one more, one more, one more game, and then I'll die. I'm like, oh, one more time, one more time. And then that goes on for, like, another hour and a half after I've decided I'm going to stop playing. Uh, and by the way, uh, Blake, this will mean something to you, Jay, not so much. I have almost, I am four blueprints away from completely 100% completing everything in the game. Wow. Did you do the new bosses that got Yes, ahead? I've done all five of the new bosses. What do you think of those? Because I never fought them. They were very hard. Huh. You haven't fought any of them? No. They're really, really freaking... So, like, it'll t- it takes... Like, you basically... Like, they're basically... A lot of them are, like, endurance tests. Where okay. you have to play and, like, just... Like, you have to focus more than anything on just not getting hit. More than, like, you have to focus on actually attacking the boss. That's how you have to beat him. Most of them took me about... Well, I say on average, they took me about an hour of just trying over and over again to beat. The harder one or two... It was more like an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, one of them, which was the Herodotus uh, version, it was a- it's Astrodotus. That was a little bit easier. It took me about 30 or 45 minutes. But, like, some of them, like, if you get, like, there's stuff flying all over the place, of course. And, yeah. like, your, your health, like, if you get hit four times, then you're dead. Huh. So, like, you really just have to obviously learn their patterns, but you have to just really focus on how not to get hit while you're attacking them. Uh, they're really fun. 
But like they're so hard, <laughs> it's really funny. After you get you, and maybe this was this might have been the case for you to begin with anyway. But after you like play these bosses and beat them, when you play the normal bosses, like it's they're really complete cakewalks. It's completely easy. Like I can be just on a normal run and have like a quarter health and come across a boss a boss room and like beat the boss no problem. Yeah. With with just at just like quarter health, like especially uh, Kidder. The giant eyeball, like I can oh, yeah. beat him easily without even getting hit. <laughs> yeah, and it takes like that fight's pretty easy when you know what you're doing anyway. Yeah, the rest of them get much more difficult. Yeah, the rest of them are much more difficult. So on the new bosses, uh, the hardest one for me was Sir Alexander the Fourth, and the easiest one was Astrodotus. Interestingly, you know, the, you know the fifth one, which is like super kind of hidden. It's like, have you have you heard anything about it? No. So so there are the four, which are, like, the main bosses. There's just, like, a harder version of them. Then after you beat all of them, you know how sometimes you'll come across the shrine and it'll ask you if you want to pray? Yeah. Well, if you find one of those, then it gives you uh, the traitor's obel. And if you get the traitor's obel, then the next time, then after you die, next time you come back in, you go to any of the other, any room of, the, of a boss that you've beaten, and then, and then the see if you go into that one, there will be like a like a hit like a magic door there. Then that's the fifth hidden boss, and it's mm. you as the traitor versus two traitors who each have four times the amount of health as you do and four times Jesus. the amount of mana. <laughs> so uh, it gets it's pretty crazy. That was that was probably the second hardest one. It wasn't quite. I, no, I take it back. Actually, that was. I'm, I'm rambling, but that one actually wasn't as hard as it sounds because the other ones are just so incredibly hard. That one probably took me about an hour just of playing over and over again to beat as opposed to like an hour and a half, which were some of the other ones. But yeah, really, like, you should, if you haven't played it with the new bosses, like, you should check it out. They're really fun. I've been really hard. I just haven't had the time. Really hard, but I've got every single stat maxed out completely. Like, I don't ha- have anything to spend money on anymore. All I have left is four blueprints, and I've completely 100% of the game. I'm on nice. I'm on I'm I'm on New Game Plus Four right now. Hmm. So anyway, huge shout out to Rogue Legacy. If you haven't if you haven't uh, played this game or heard about it, definitely check it out. It's an indie platformer, roguelike, and it's just incredibly fun. That's 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 cool. my all right, cool. That's my off topic happy end. Cool. cool. Oh, have you oh, heard? Yeah. By the way, the the guy who made Cave Story is about to come out with his new game. I didn't hear it was about to come out. I heard he was working on something though. I think it's about to come out. Uh, it's called, I think it's called, like, Kiro Kiro Blaster, is that right? Uh, I think so. Something like that. Anyway, I think it's about to come out. Cool. Alright, Blake, what's your off-topic happy ending? Um, you probably already know. Oh, yeah. I I was hoping, actually, if this wasn't it, make this beers. (laughs) (laughs) Shoutouts to FTL, which finally, about a year later, uh, released its advanced edition, a giant... Free expansion pack for the game. Everybody is able to get it. Absolutely no extra cost whatsoever. It adds a ton of new content. It adds an entirely new difficulty mode. Uh, it adds a new race, new weapons, like eight or nine or ten new ships, uh, because it's got a new t- uh, ship type for each of the old ships, and it has uh, one new ship with two on its own. So I think it's like ten ships. Um, it's just an incredible. I'm sorry, how many new ones? Uh, one new race, and that new race comes with its own ship, and that ship has okay. two different types. Gotcha. And then there's a new type for all of the 
old ships as well, and I think there were eight ships in the old one. Or well, there was nine, but the ninth one didn't get a new type. Well, there were nine, each with two types, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the best updates I've ever played. Let alone one of the best, like probably the best free content update I've ever had. That's pretty awesome. It uh, to, to give you like a little perspective, or to give I guess the listeners perspective. So. Me just going on about Rogue Legacy and how hard it is, and I've almost 100%ed it. I've got like uh, 50 hours logged on on Rogue Legacy, and FTL, I have about 100 hours logged on it, and I've only unlocked like 20% of the game. Oh, that's another thing. They actually, maybe the best thing about the whole update is that they added new ways to unlock all the content that's there. Oh, really? Yeah, so it used to be that you had to do like a special quest to find a lot of the to unlock a lot of the new ships but now all you have to do is beat the game with one of the other ships that you do have and it like each ship will unlock a different ship like a different entire ship or just like the other version a different ship so like if nice. i beat it with the zoltan ship uh i unlock the uh mantis ship if I beat it with a Mantis ship, it'll unlock the Slug ship. If you beat it with the Slug ship, you unlock the Rock ship. Have you had you um unlocked all of the ships previously? I swear I did, and I think something got messed up with my save file, like I didn't cloud save it or something. Because when I gotcha. booted up Advanced Edition, almost all of it was gone. So I've just been replaying and re-unlocking things. If I wanted, it would be really easy to go get a save editor or a save file that has all the stuff unlocked. But I kind of wanted to play with that new unlock system and see how I liked it. Did you, when you were unlocking the ships, did you uh, like try to farm those on easy mode or were you playing on normal? Um, I did a lot of them on easy. I remember okay. that. Uh, the achievements are, some of them are just too hard on normal. I, um, that's like, that was my problem. I, un I, I beat the game on easy <clears throat> and then, after I beat the game on easy, I never played on easy again. Yeah. And so I really had a hard time unlocking it. Like I said, I still, like, I've only unlocked, like, I've still got, like, six of the ships to unlock, and I and I don't even have all the alternate versions of the ones I do have. Yeah. Well, the, the big awesome thing, too, is that they made it so that uh, you don't have to do the quest to unlock the crystal ship. Oh, okay. You can just do... Uh... All, all you have to do, it's very simple. Just beat the game with uh, the type A and type B of every ship. Okay. Oh, very okay. simple. Cool. I, um, man, the, the, the rock ship, I got so close to, I almost had that one one time, and I didn't realize, like, yeah, like, it, like they take you, and, like, they're basically, like, testing you, and you kind of, like, fight with them. And, yeah. Like, and, but and I didn't realize you're not allowed to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had the same thing happen to me, and I was like, wait, I won the fight. Doesn't that yeah. mean I get my ship? <laughs> that's what that's and I was like, ah, damn it. The exact same thing. Uh, I came really close to the crystal ship unlock a few times, but that thing is like four or five different really hard RNG checks. Yeah, like it, it yeah. sucks. And actually, there's another way you can unlock that one easier now. Uh, one of the other, one of the new Type C ships starts with the Crystal crew member, so you don't have to do that portion of the quest. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That's a huge weight off. Is the is the iPad version out too? Yes, the iPad version actually came out uh, the night before the computer update came out. Okay, that's what I thought. And the and the iPad version is it 
Advanced Edition? Yes, it okay. is the Advanced Edition. I've heard nothing but positive things about it. It apparently works really, really well on the iPad. Okay, so so those of you, if you hadn't heard of Rogue Legacy, you probably haven't heard of FTL either. Definitely check out FTL. And if you got to buy just one, I probably would have to recommend FTL, although they're very, very yeah, different games. Yeah, there's more replayability and more content in FTL. I love Rogue Legacy, but it's it just doesn't have quite the same replayability. There we go. Uh, is that pretty much it, guys? Yeah, happy endings are done. Happy ending. Oh, and by the way, I bought Harvester over the course of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, be sure to check out our website, uh, classicgamingpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Send us a message on Twitter, uh, cl- at ClassGamesCast. Most importantly, though, send us emails at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. As always, send us your thoughts about what we've said. Send us your thoughts about something we didn't say. Send us games that you want us to play. Tell us what games you've been playing. Basically, send us whatever the hell you feel like. It doesn't even have to be related to A dick pic. And we'll read it. You can avoid that, though. We'll forward those to Jay. We'll forward those to... We will. We'll forward those to Jay. Actually, you can just send those straight to Jay. (laughs) What's your email address? Uh, And also, leave us awesome reviews on iTunes. And I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, So once again, we'll be back in two weeks. Our top three then is going to be favorite. Is it multi multiplayer is what we went with? Favorite multiplayer games. Send us what yours were as well. You can tweet those at us or email them to us. And uh, I think that's it. Cool. Everybody say bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.